0: so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Driven With Purpose. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and I'm excited today to be connecting with an old
1: friend of mine. He's actually a really young-spirited man, but he's been a friend for a long period of time. He is the co-founder and chairman and CEO of Breakthrough X. He helps business owners like you connect the dots, see the blind spots, and get unstuck. By helping you implement unique sales and marketing systems, you get more clients, growth, and profits, and have a bigger impact, reach, and contribution. Over 25 years of business experience, he started 11 plus companies, coached over 5,000 business owners from over 180 niche industries, and he was recently rated as one of the top 25 influencers by Influensive. How do you say that again? Influensive. Thank you. It's one of those words on my list of, wow, I didn't know you could say it, but I just said it. Hey, so uh, first, I got to take off the bifocal so I can see you. now. You're not blurry anymore. I can see you clear. How is my friend Dan doing today?
2: I'm doing great, brother. It's great to be with you today.
1: Awesome. I, I'm excited. Uh, what we are doing with driven with purpose is working to really seek out top uh, entrepreneurs and really find the secret sauce that has helped to make them who they are today. And I think when you look back at life, you know we all are faced with moments of opportunity where we have to make a decision. Do I keep, you know, plotting out my life the way it's been? Or do I wake up one day and decide, you know what? I was created for something. And so Driven with Purpose is really helping people to say, hey, you know what? I needed to hear that today. And so you're really going to be speaking to somebody's heart who is right there in the cusp of deciding, you know what? Move or get rolled over, right? So first and foremost, when you think back about your life and the eleven. You know, plus companies and the 5,000 people that you have coached and all the things that you've gotten to do. What's your purpose each day when you wake up in the morning that you have set as like what you are all about?
2: Yeah. It's simply to help others be inspired and grow, grow their potential at the end of the day. And whether that's in business or personally, or, you know, some of the work I do with youth football now, you know, it's to build people so that they grow their potential or, or in some cases even hit hyper growth if that's what they're, they're, they're driven by.
1: And I know you talked a lot about your father and now with, you know, coaching youth football and your son and how just amazing it is hearing all the stories and watching all the success that your son's experienced, you know, on Facebook and the stories you share. Was your dad always the person who would lean into you and encourage you? Or was he not the encourager in your life?
2: Yeah, he, I, you know, as I think back, you know, my great, two greatest influences, you know, I think that led, you know, a lot to where I'm at today A, my dad and B, sports. Those two have been the biggest influence, uh, Tony. My dad, I can remember, you know, my dad took me to my first seminar when I was 10 years old. And I can remember it like yesterday. I, I mean, I went to a place in Ypsilanti, Michigan. I grew up in Detroit. So we went to this a sports camp or sports clinic seminar for coaches, but he brought me along and I was 10 years old at the time. And we sat through this seminar and this baseball clinic seminar and I can picture the manual they gave out. They gave me a manual too. Uh, It, you know, it was one of like, I think there were like three kids in this whole thing that were under 18. I was one of the three. And I was so enamored with what they talked about. But the thing I remembered most of what they talked about, yeah, I loved the drills and I loved the tactics they were teaching about being a better player and all those sorts. But the thing that stood out is a page and at the top of the page, it said success in baseball and life is about PMA. And then it had a paragraph that led in with something like success in baseball and in life is directly related to your positive mental attitude. In fact, Ninety uh, percent of success is going to be determined by your attitude. Ten percent will be your physical capabilities and skills, and that has stuck with me. And after that seminar, Tony, I got enamored with success, and so for me at that time, it was was baseball. So I started reading and getting like immersed in biographies of some of the most successful baseball players ever to live, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Pete Rose at the time, Hank Garrett, and others. And it was all very consistent. It was related to mindset. It was related to attitude. It was, you know, being able to, you know, navigate, you know, failure, right? Because baseball is, you know, one of those sports that of all the sports that you fail more than you succeed, uh, especially if you're a hitter. And so anyway, that that was for me. I can remember it you know, as clear as day, the impact that it had. I'm so grateful that my dad introduced me to this kind of learning platform at 10 outside of the traditional education system.
1: I think it's uh, it's really interesting as you kind of shared your story. You know, you, you gave some really amazing examples of people who who went up to bat and had to really come and faced a lot of adversity in their life too. Like, I mean, you, you gave examples of Willie Mays, you gave examples of Pete Rose. I mean, you talk about it, you know, controversy doesn't escape us. That's right. Right. It, it Like the harder you work, the more controversy probably is going to get stirred up just because of what uh, the society has said. You know, um, I remember when Willie Mays retired and, you know, his, his godson, so to speak, you know, uh, Barry Bonds, you know, he always used to say, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, But he would say, like, you know, what would I be worth today if I was playing ball, right? Like he would be paid so much more than what he was paid back then, right? And Pete Rose, you know, supposedly, uh, and I guess it's been proven that he gambled on baseball, is saying, hey, look, I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame if you let so-and-so, the Astros just cheated, and you let them win a championship. Why can't I be in baseball? So the reason why I think baseball is a great way to talk about driven with purpose today because I love what you already started is the perfect stream for us is I want for you to imagine for a moment. you know, instead of being the 10 year old at the seminar, you're the 10 year old in the stands watching the baseball game and we'll put Mickey Mantle. We'll put uh, Bo Jackson. We'll, we'll just pick Tony Gwen. We'll, we'll put Ricky Henderson. We'll go put Dale Murphy. We'll go put some really amazing ball pa- ball players. And then you're in the stand saying I can do better. Right. You know, when I I used to say that all the time, I'd be watching the game and I'd be like, man, I could do better than that guy. I mean, I just struck out again, like he's throwing junk and you can't even hit it. Right. So you kind of know what pitches are coming your way. And and I use this. I said, so for a moment, just imagine everything in the world just stopped and somebody tapped you on your shoulder and said, all right, Dan, you're in the game. And you're like, huh, I'm just 10 years old. And to see what you just shared about being somewhere at 10 and having an aha moment having an aha moment of where you're like, wow, I got to do something at 10 that shaped the man I am today at such an early age. And so many people don't have the ability. So now that little 10 year old kid puts on his favorite uniform, what, what baseball Jersey would you be wearing?
2: At 10 years old? Yeah. Uh, Detroit Tigers. So you get a
1: Tigers Jersey and you're like, all right, So I got a lot of great people back there. I got Hamilton on my team. You can start thinking about all the great players that have gone before you. And here you are, and they hand you a bat. And you look like the guy who was like four foot eight. You know, I think he was the shortest baseball player ever to play. I forget exactly his name, but he he gets up to bat. And they did it as a promotional stunt. But here you are. And uh, I'm just going to put somebody good. I'm going to put Roger Clemens throwing heat at you. Nice. Are you a bunter? Or are you swing for the fences or are you a guy who just needs to get a hit and get on base?
2: I'm going to get on base. I'm going to get on base. I'm going to hit a gap shot or I'm going to get on base.
1: All right. So here we are, uh, driven with purpose, uh, Dan Cushel. He is now on base. What, what are the biggest things that you need to remind somebody? Because getting hits is what the game of life is all about. You got to be willing to swing. You got to be willing to get hits. Um, yeah, you can strike out, but strikeouts usually lead to more work. But I'm going to take it from the point now that you're on base, what are the things that you're looking for now that you're not in control to get to second base? If you're just on first, what are the things that you should be doing by encouraging? Because you've coached over 5,000 people. So now like, all right, the guy's up the bat. What are you saying to him? If you can call like a timeout and have a moment with him to help him, what are, what, what are the kinds of things are you trying to encourage the new batter? do
2: well one it's you know you got to swing at strikes right uh you got to force the pitcher to put it in a zone that you can hit right so we all have strengths and weaknesses in our zone and we have zones in a strike zone that we are strong in and, and then there are areas where we can so look for a ball in your zone right you know dan sullivan tony who you know and i know as well he talks about this in terms of unique ability right you lots of us focus on our weaknesses rather than our unique ability. So like if your sweet spot in baseball is, you know, you hit the pitch that's, you know, middle in from your armpit straight down to, to your knees, which is the inside strike zone, then stay away from the things that you're weak in, like the outside part of the plate zone in on something outside. I'm sorry, on, on something inside, stay away from the outside pitch. So that would be number one zone in on your, your zone especially for the first two strikes. Number two, when you get your pitch, rip it, right? Don't, you know, Ted, Ted Williams, this was a quote from Ted Williams. I read in one of his biographies. He said, when you get your pitch, don't foul it back. Don't take it. Don't, you know, take a half swing at it. He says, you grip it and rip it. And so the key is, is when you get your pitch at the right time, you got to be ready to take a full swing and rip that thing. Right. And that's you know a lot like business, a lot like success is you got to, number one, be willing to get in the box with confidence. Right. And then look for a ball that you can hit. And then when you get that pitch, like there's a zone, like usually it's a very small zone. When you get that one pitch, though, then you take that grip it and rip it approach and go for it. And, and that's where you're swinging out of your shoes, but still in control to a certain degree. So so those are a couple things that, uh, you know, that come to mind. Uh, Tony, about, you know, what would you say to somebody and what encouragement? And I'll even say this, you know, I remember my dad, even at 10, he said the same thing. And he said, you know, if you will be as hungry in life and anything you pursue, like you have been at baseball, and he said this from the time I was eight, all the way through high school and into college and, and such. And he said, if you'll take that same approach and have that same desire to be great and work this hard, you'll be great at anything. And as you're listening or watching right now, I would encourage amazing advice. Like, can you repeat that? Yeah. That if you'll take that same hunger and same desire to be great in sports. And in my case, it was baseball and apply it to anything you do in life. You'll be immensely successful no matter when it is. Wow.
1: So the batter just got some really interesting advice, right? So he, he got like confidence from you, which I think a lot of us sometimes lack. I think, uh, you know, men to men, you know, you had a great, great dad who, you know, encouraged you and took you to seminars. And, you know, I often reflect back on my father is that great man, but the way he was led wasn't the same way, but he still was a good man, right? He didn't, he didn't know how to do those things because those things were never done with him. Like, I don't remember ever tossing a ball with my dad. Mm. But I fell in love with baseball. So I had a lot of other coaches and people that I looked up to and a lot of things that I would, uh, escape. I remember living uh, in Santa Cruz in California, going spending the weekends with my dad. And I'd say, hey, dad, you want to go to the ball game?" He's like, no. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I would go from San Francisco all the way to Candlestick, basically on a train or some bus system and get off and walk into Candlestick and sit there by myself catching balls. Be like, all right, cool. So I learned at an early age. That's why you and I, I mean, that's where my contribution connection comes. If I'm doing those two things, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing,
0: right? Yeah.
1: When I look at like what you're what you're sharing and you're throwing down is you're you're giving me some really valid insight to belief um, that you have these abilities, like the focus on what you're good at and don't focus on your weakness. So how do you transform a person that you're working with? to help them shift away from the negative, when they, they basically are talking to you about nothing but the negative, how do you help them to start seeing positive? Like, I, I call for me just getting hits, just getting at bats.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I've, I've been asked this, like, you know, what is one of your greatest gifts, right? So many of us, because of our upbringing, you know, it can be parents, our social environment, school, Tony, you know this as well as anybody, that we've been trained in many ways how not to be successful because of how many of us attach to the idea of failure. And I think someone in sports, especially like baseball, where you fail more than you succeed, I mean, if you hit 300, that means you fail 70% of the time, you're still regarded as an all-star. You're still regarded as world-class. But in life, people look at like, if you don't score 70%, I mean, if you score 70% on a test, you're like on the verge of failing for, you know, in, in traditional school systems and other places, right? So number one, it's how do you view, like as you're listening or watching, how do you view like mistakes and failures? Do you embrace it and look at it as an opportunity to learn and grow? Or do you look at it as like attaching to like, I just made a mistake or I failed? That's one. Number two, if you are attaching, like what if you could shift your mindset to go failure isn't failure, it's just an opportunity to learn. Or failure isn't failure, I know in the next at bat, I'm likely to get a hit. Mm-hmm. Right. The other part of it is like, what if instead of judging yourself on any kind of batting average, you just judge yourself on being willing to take at bats? Right. I had a mentor, Tony, years ago, he asked in a, in a group, small group setting, he said, you know, who's the best baseball player to ever live? And of course, a lot of us were saying people like Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, you know, Ty Cobb, a lot of the greats, Babe Ruth, et cetera. Right. And he goes, no, it's none of those. He said the best baseball player that ever lived probably never played the game because either he or someone talked him out of playing. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl, right? Because what happens is we have a tendency to attach to failure or mistakes instead of just going out. Don't judge on batting average. Just how willing are you to get in the box and swing and and take some at bats? See, if you think about it, would you rather have a 40% batting average or closing ratio or a 2% closing ratio. Now it's a trick question based on how I've set it up. You probably already will guess towards the latter, which is the 2%. See, if you take a thousand at bats, you go out and perform a thousand times versus the person who has to get it perfect, suffers from perfect, you know, getting everything right and being, you know, perfectionist mindset. They only take 10 attempts in a year, and you take a thousand, but you get two. You you got two two uh, percent two out of a hundred. You've got a thousand at two percent, right? I believe that's roughly two hundred compared to their four. Yeah. You just took more at bats, so don't you know? Don't base life and success on batting averages or success ratios, but rather just be willing to you know take take at bats. Here's another one that I have recently picked up, Tony. And I think it'll be really, really valuable. One of my son's mentors and coaches, he's a guy named Dub Maddox, and he's the inventor and creator of a program called the R4 Offensive uh, Football System. And it's amazing. And we we got introduced to it a handful of months ago. And he has this concept he shared. He didn't invent this either, but it's called the Rapid uh, Cognitive Decision Method, right? Now, what it is, is it's the study of people who are high performers under duress and under pressure. And so why they make decisions and how they even make decisions under duress. So these are people like fighter pilot uh, or jet fighter pilots. These are firemen in 911 emergency. These are people in emergency room situations. These are quarterbacks getting duress under a sack, under pressure, right? With 400 pound guys coming at them in, in split seconds and how they make decisions in milliseconds and what he what he's discovered and what this rapid cognitive uh, decision method outlines, he says, you actually have to understand something really powerful first before you can have success. And it's counterintuitive to what most of us have been taught in success. You have to understand where the decelerators are first. Now, what are decelerators? There's a lot of different languaging you can use. In football, it's look at where the play starts. How are they lined up to defend you? And if they're covering certain areas, these are called decelerators, for example, right? That's just one of of many of them. I won't go through all of them, but in in business, like what are the decelerators that you're up against? In other words, what what is negative space, right? See, the other part is like, how do we look at negative space? Again, it comes back to this attachment thing. Next time you look at the Federal Express logo as you're on here with Tony, right? If you look at the Federal Express logo and you look at it from the left, moving to the right, you'll start to notice something if you pay attention to it. And there's an arrow inside the FedEx logo pointing to the right, meaning moving forward. So what they have done intentionally in the FedEx logo, just like our logo behind us, is they've taken negative space and transformed it into positive space. But you can't transform negative space, A, if you don't understand it, you're not aware of it. And then more importantly, is how do you transform it into a positive space? So these decelerators, what do we have going on right now at the time of this segment, right? We have one of the greatest crises in our history as a country, and we've got schools closing, like my kids, probably like your kids if you're a parent. They're at home and now having a complete reengineering of their education model, which, by the way, I feel is actually a really good thing. So I've been taking a negative space and turning it into a positive. But for a couple of weeks, it was a total negative space decelerator. We have complete industries being disrupted. You know, a couple of our clients. You know, we had somebody in the fitness industry. They had a phys- one of one of our clients is a runs a, a women's boutique uh, club on the East Coast, high end, high value, and the club is closed. So she went completely online. She turned negative space into positive space, and she hasn't skipped a beat. Right? Other industries are doing this too. You look at medicine. You know, most of us have been served in traditional medicine. Oh, we have to go to the doctor's office and that's a grind. Like who really wants to do that? Now that what has happened, the negative space, you can't go see a doctor in the office in some cases. Like when my mom was in the hospital for six days here in the last couple of weeks, I couldn't go visit her in the hospital. And, and then at her aftercare, she couldn't go see a doctor. So what did they do? They did telemedicine. So like, again, there's all kinds of opportunities in all of our industries if we go Let's get clear up front. Dan Sullivan has a great quote, which I think is an AA quote. And Tony, you'd probably know as well as anybody on this is the first progress starts by telling the truth. So instead of hiding from the negative, hiding from decelerators, what might not be available and working. No, you embrace the negative space. That's the first thing in rapid cognitive decision making. It's the, how do fighter pilot jets just, I mean, faster than that, make the decisions they do in, in a battle because they understand the negative space first, they embrace it. Now they can transform it into positive space, right? Mm. What, how would that impact you, right? So I encourage you, look at, you know, I'd get a list out right now and I'd write down in what you're dealing with, whatever you're dealing with right now, write down your decelerators and potential negative space. No, I, on I the to is I how that. can we transform this to positive space and or more importantly, accelerators for you?
1: You know, it's kind of, Cool. Just the book that I'm reading, I'm, I'm doing 75 uh, hard, you know, 75 days of, you know, a workout in the morning, a workout in the afternoon, 45 minutes each, indoor, outdoor, no alcohol, which is I can already do that. Um, uh, no cheat meals, one uh, one gallon of water, 10 pages in a book every single day. Right. And um, so it's five things that you got to do every single day. And I'm, I'm day six. Right. So I've been getting up at 4:45 in the morning and have more throughput and energy after a couple of days of doing it because I'm walking my dog now. My, my dog's getting trained. So it's like finding the adjustment, right? I wouldn't have said yes to this. It would ask me right when this was going on, but because I pivoted and made the adjustments, you're talking about the education system when well, the first two weeks, mom's like, hey, I think classes started next week. I'm not so sure. I'm going crazy. And then you get them into back to a routine. That becomes the thing that they're not talking about anymore. Right. So I wanted to read this because I think this is so impactful for where I'm at um, and what we're talking about today. After a hundred, after hundreds of tournaments played and a thousand of strokes tallied, the difference between the number one ranked golfer and the number 10 golfer is an average of only 1.9 strokes. But the difference in prize money is five times over 10 million versus 2 million. The number one golfer isn't five times better, not even 50% or even 10% better. In fact, the difference between his average score is only 2.7% better. Yet the results are five times greater. Um, And it goes on to say, it says, the little powers of these little things add up. It's not the big things that add up in the end. It's the hundreds, thousands, the millions of little things that separate the ordinary from the extraordinary. To be one stroke better requires countless little things that don't get accounted for when you're putting on the green jacket. Let me give you a few more ways of tracking small changes. Um, And what he's talking about is actually start tracking what you're doing in a notebook and a journal and some form of fashion, recording videos, shooting something every single day, and then and spend time in reflection, because I think in reflection you find where you're going because you're saying, hey, what I've been doing isn't been working. So now maybe it's time to pivot. And that's kind of like what I'm doing with my podcast. I I realized I loved what I was doing. I love the interview opportunity, but I needed to pivot a little bit because I wanted to find the secrets to what people are doing and how they're driven with purpose and you know, you know, you're, you you do not coach 5,000 people or work with 5,000 people. If you're just not passionate, you know, you just don't find yourself in, in that bucket. You're like, all right, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And I think, you know, it's what you're doing right. And, and part of the conversation, I want to go back to, I had several years back, you and I were sitting in Cleveland. We were at dinner. I think it was just yeah. you and me and we were talking about when you led a big giant organization and you had all this stress and all this pressure and, chaos going on in your life. And, and it caused you to pivot. It caused you to shift and it caused you to change. Could you just share kind of like, you don't have to get into all the details, but what really was the awakening moment for you when you realized that you need to do something else, that what you were doing was working, but it wasn't working anymore for you.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I can remember that crystal clear too, Tony. So thank you. And, uh, you know, so you know, as you're watching or listening, you you just imagine you built up a couple companies and you have you know about 175 employees and you know revenue's really good and you have a, you know what you feel is a good culture and team. Of course, no company's perfect, but it's it's humming. And yet, you know, y- y- maybe you I'll I'll say I'll speak to me. You know, I realize I had some bad habits. You know, I'm a type have had tendencies to be a type A personality, highly driven, work is easy. Working 90, 100 hours a week is actually pretty easy to do. It's not even really effort, even now, right? And at the time, that was where I was at. And so then imagine you have a daughter who's two. You have a son who's born, you know, within a few weeks. And in all of this stuff going on in your businesses, you wake up one morning and you've got some chest pains. And you call your doctor and say, hey, I'm having some chest pains, what should I do? And he says, well, can you get yourself to the hospital? You drive yourself to the hospital. You get there. You're expecting to wait because you're going to an emergency room. You, you don't tell the nurse that you meet or the person in receptionist that you have pain, you have chest tightness. Oh, I got a little trouble here. And they walk over within minutes, like not hours that you would expect with a full room, but minutes, they come over and start doing a few tests and then all hell breaks loose. They put you on a gurney they roll you off into a side room. Next thing you know, you got diodes all over your body. And like now you're kind of probably panicking. Like I was panicking, sitting there a little bit like, what the hell? And they're not really saying much, except they're rushing into these tests. And then one day leads to a second day, it leads to a third day you're there. And then on the third day, they come to you and say, we need to do this surgery. And we want to do this procedure. And oh, before we do it, we have to sign this paperwork. And this paperwork says you have a one in X chance of dying. And that night you cry yourself to sleep. Well, maybe sleep, more probably minutes of sleep, but you write, start writing pieces of your last will to attach what you've already set up out of concern, frankly, just complete uh, fear that it may not work out. And you go through stages of dabdar, which is denial, anger, bargaining, anxiety, depression, and then finally response, all in like a few hours through the evening as you're doing this, right? And you're a mess. That's how I was. And then, you know, you may reach out and start thinking, you know, God, if I get through this, I'm going to do things different. Now, you may not know what the different is, but I made a commitment coming out of that, Tony, that I was going to hire yet another coach. I've always believed in coaching and it was time to get another coach and seek someone who I hadn't worked with in the past that could give me a new perspective. And I met Christy Lopez, who's a good friend today, and she got me to think about a lot of things, but three things that really made me huge difference. And I talk about them all the time today. And I encourage you to put this into play. And hopefully you don't have to go through what I went through to go through, it. because it doesn't matter whether you're in a good time or good, good season in your life, or you're in a bad season in your life, or it's a spring. So it doesn't what matter what season it matters. Just, I would encourage you and challenge you to go through this. It will transform your life if you do it. And the first question she got me to think about was, what do you want? Right? And I encourage you, write that down. What do you want? Right, Not your kids, not your family, not your employees, not your team, not your neighbors, not your dog. But what do you want? And I will share from my perspective when I sat down and she challenged me with that. I was in her office when we did this. I sat there blank. Now, up to that point, I'd invested probably a million dollars in personal development. And I would pride myself on saying that I was kind of put together. But that question stumped me. What do I want? And I wrote one answer. And then I sat there the rest of the session, uh, 25, 30 minutes in her office, embarrassed, kind of humiliated, going, why can't I come? And she said, It's it's okay. It's okay. I, I started, and I started feeling very uneasy. I was sweating. Uh, you know, my throat was like just closing up a bit. And I was like, This is very uncomfortable. And she said, It's it's okay, it's normal. She goes, I encourage you to look at what you want. So we were scheduled to come back a couple of days later. I left, said, I'll work on it. A couple days, I still really couldn't get into a, a rhythm and a, and a momentum. And then a few more days and I ended up blowing her off for about two, two and a half weeks, Tony. And I finally came back and I had, you know, 20, 25, 30 things on there. And then she reviewed them and, you know, I was more at peace and I was more free, probably for the first time in years, just from that one single question. And then she added a second question, which was, who are you? And for me, I started getting into like titles and labels and, you know, all these awards and accolades and such. And she, no, 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 Dan, none of that. Like none of that. It's your, it's your, you as a human being, not the human doing human being, who are you as a human being? Like, what are your qualities? What are your characteristics? That one was a little easier, but I still had to kind of build rhythm through it. And then the third question was, what do you stand for? You know, companies go, got to have great values. Sometimes families will even have values, but do you personally really have true perspective on your own core values, right? I would even argue in some places, in most cases, that your personal core value, if you're the CEO, you're the founder of the company, they're, they almost will be reflective and identical if you're doing it for yourself personally to your company, done right. And we went through that exercise and and, and it was free. And you know, I want to ima- have you imagine like, How much clarity would it give you if you could really know in this moment, not a month ago, not six months ago, not a year ago, what was, but today on new perspectives, the new opportunity, the new things that are in front of us this moment, whenever you're seeing or hearing this. And you went through that exercise and gave yourself the power, the freedom, the clarity, the certainty, the confidence. And for me, what it got me to understand is I didn't want those businesses anymore What served me up to that point wasn't what was going to serve me now and moving forward. And what it did is it actually forced the decelerator that I looked at became the accelerator. Mm. And what ended up happening is I set the stage and decided clearly to sell my businesses. Only I didn't really have a business that could be sold at that moment. I had to clean up a bunch of stuff. I had to create better processes, better systems, better tools, better things that would really transform this into a greater asset, which we did. And we had two companies that ultimately came in and that only 18 months later from that decision, we were on the verge of selling and sold. It was acquired by a $100 million a year business. And then it gave me the ability to have even more freedom. I got the ability to spend time with my kids. I've now translated that into anything I do today. I filter through these three questions and a few other things too. You know, being on this show with Tony is a direct reflection of those three things of how do I wanna show up and serve and who do I wanna do it with and for and so on. I I encourage you, if you want freedom, if you want clarity, if you want certainty, you want confidence to have like a true compass for your future, regardless, I I would encourage you to do this about every six to eight months as an exercise to stay tuned in because it will shift, it will pivot. I'm getting ready to move into another pivot, huge pivot phase with certain things that we're gonna be doing. You know, we do a bunch of angel investing and other things, but it's based on this compass. Give yourself that, Gav. I hope, I hope you will. I challenge you if you're working with Tony, you know, go through what he gives you access to. He's got some amazing tools and then add this piece to the fire, the complement each other really, really well. And watch how it frees you up. It doesn't bog you down. It doesn't tie you down. It only opens things up for you to go, you know, maybe what served me then isn't what's going to serve me today or moving forward. And it's about what you do moving forward and in this moment. So.
1: Wow. Thank you. I So much to unpack and and I want to shift just a little bit and then I'll come back to it because I think it's a great way to kind of tie in the show. Breakthrough 3X. So let's talk about that and how you're working with clients because, I mean, you've only had a couple thousand that you've worked with. So, I, you know, I know that you know something about this. Talk to me a little bit about how people can connect with you and how people can Um, learn more about what you're up to.
2: Yeah, real simple. If you want to get a chance to, you know, understand what we're doing, how we help maybe clients like you go check out breakthrough3x.com, breakthrough3x.com. If you want to connect with us, you just hit the contact piece there. It'll link you over. Uh, We also have over 200 hours of free training that we make available that, you know, we've had lots of people come through our podcast and our show and go, wow, your podcast and show is better than most multi-thousand dollar courses that I've gotten. And you can get access there at growthtofreedom.com. That's growthtofreedom.com. And then we put together a special toolkit. If you're a business owner, a founder, a CEO, and you're looking to be in a place where you're growing with far less stress, far less overwhelm, we put a, a toolkit together for this program uh, around you know being a better CEO, hiring, sales, marketing, and more you can go get that free toolkit at activate.breakthrough3x. That's activate.breakthrough3x. Wow.
1: All right. So a couple of things to break down. We have uh, growthtofreedom.com, over 200 hours of just training and programs and everything you can have access to. So if you're wanting to learn more about what Dan's doing, uh, he's given you a huge, wow, that's a big thank you. So appreciate you bringing that value today. Um, activate uh, breakthrough 3 xcom if, if you want to learn more, Go there. I mean, I, I think what Dan's sharing today is one of the reasons why I wanted Dan on the show is the alignment piece that's so of what we need to remind ourselves that we need to be seeking when we're out there. Like so many times, you know, you're trying to drive your car down the road and you can tell when the alignment's off. <laughs> yes. You can just tell. You're like, whoa, I'm out of alignment. Yep. But, but a lot of people will stay driving their vehicle when their car is pulling. They'll just make, they'll adjust. They'll say, hey, I'm just going to go over here you know what, you're wearing down and you just can't see it right away. It may take a few hundred extra hours or miles to do that, but Dan's giving you access to some amazing tools today. So if you're feeling like, you know, you're going down the road, but it's a lot of work and it's not getting the result you want, it's time you take your car into the shop and you you, you get a tune up. And And Dan just gave you a bunch of free tools. I hope you take massive, massive action today. The thing that I'm reminded of today is, uh, something that may be shocking to you. So don't, don't, don't look at me weird, Dad. but, uh, PMS, it stands for personal mindset. And what you just gave access to everybody today was, you know, it really starts uh, under the hood. It really starts inside, uh, you know, your dad at 10 years old gave you the ultimate gift. Um, and I want to remind people if you're like, well, I didn't have a dad that was cool like that. Or my mom wasn't available or my grandfather wasn't around. I'm like, you know what? It's never too late. And, um, you know, it took me a long time to finally to get a relationship with Christ and to really kind of push myself in a new direction. It sounds like there was something in that moment when you were writing your will. There was something in that moment of saying, hey, you know what? I want to let go of all the burden that I carry. I just, you know what? I want to break free. And I love the whole breakthrough three acts. I love the whole, you know, I want to do something different. And it sounds like what you're doing today is perfect in alignment with your soul's purpose. It sounds like you are driven with purpose. You love helping people to find what their purpose is through some really uh, amazing tools and resources. So I just want to say, thank you so much for coming on the show today, you know, being a guest, being a friend and mentor and, and literally pouring out who you are to serve because that is such a you know, not everybody gets to do that. Not everybody gets to do what they were created to do. A lot of times people are stuck doing what they thought they wanted to do and haven't had the moment to, to stop and ask themselves some really important questions that your coach gave you. And that we shared today on the show. Thanks to Crispy Lopez. So you get to do that. Right. So I want to say, thank you. Um, that's really, really big. The last question that I have, this is an inward question. So this is, that I want to ask you to kind of go in. Um, today and and reflect back on that 10 year old boy take me to the moment when your dad said to you hey i want to take you dan to um, a seminar what was the initial thought not like try to try to go back to that like sure dad because i wanted to hang out with you dad or dad i don't want to do that what was what was that initial thought
2: i i can remember that pretty clear. <laughs> clearly frankly i was I was stoked. I mean, Tony, you know, we've talked a little bit about it. My dream as a kid was to play pro baseball. And so we were going to, he was going to take me to, to this seminar with, you know, these were college uh, coaches, college athletes, you know, that I believe there were a few pro scouts and stuff that were there to be around them. I, I for whatever reason, I was just very uh, curious. I think that would be the main word curious and also understanding the way to to grow is to get around successful people who have the results you want. Right. I don't know that I would have said that at 10. Right. But I just intuitively, I was so stoked about the idea of going there being with my dad, of course, sharing that time. But then I was so fascinated by, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I studied what these guys were teaching and doing and this manual that was really, again, a coach's manual for high school coaches, college coaches, (laughs) And then some youth coaches like my dad at the time, I dove into this thing like it was mine, right? And I it gave me an unfair advantage and it was a toolbox, yes, for tactics, yes, for baseball, Yet, yeah, but I mean, it was a foundation for life that I'll, I mean, I share this story as often as I can because of how it did ha- impact me. And as you're listening or watching right now, you know, Tony kind of brought up, maybe you didn't have that dad, right? Or that coach for you. Well, Tony's a living, breathing example of how to transform, you know, you know potentially an, a decelerator, right, into an accelerator. The way to get back is to go give, go be that coach for somebody and give them those words of encouragement, get them access to tools, resources where they're going to be lifted, right? At the end of the day, you know, we all have a responsibility to lift the tide and we can do that one person at a time. Right, one person at a time.
1: That is, you know, Dan, some of the like simplest and most impactful advice. You know, getting into service is sometimes people think, you know, it's gonna be a lot of work. I mean, just picking up the phone right now and calling somebody and just checking in on them is service work. People people say, Hey, you know, I'm not on the front lines. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You can be walking into a grocery store today and the people, you know, wiping out shopping carts, you can lean into them and say, Thank you. Like that's service, right? writing a thank you card and leaving it for the garbage man on the garbage can just to say, thank you. Right. Like there's a lot of little things you can do to get into service, but usually um, when you're in service, you're out of your head and you're in your, in your, heart, not that. That's when you're in a much better place. And so I just yes. say, thank you so much for coming on today. We're going to put all the resources available. You'll find all this at Tony But you know, Dan, like we got to spend more time talking less time uh, podcasting because the genius of you, is looking and helping people to get under the hood and really see the opportunity that exists for them. So I hope, I hope people take massive action today and go check out what you're up to. Um, I wish you and your family the best. It's so, it's so fun spending time podcasting and you know, I'm doing the video thing. That's not something that I'm good at. It's something that I'm working on because there's a piece of me that's shy spent a lot of time in radio. I didn't need to look at anything. I could just do it. So it's like, it's a lot of it is just practice. And I think that's what we talked about most for people today is be willing to swing. It's okay. If you strike out, just be willing to do it again. And uh, you'll get better the more that you spend time doing it. So I just want to say, thank you so much, my friend for being here today. It was awesome. And as always, I say on my show, every time you find me, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you in your soul to go find a way to make today the best day of your life, because it could be like Dan's sitting in a hospital, writing your last will, and then being gifted an opportunity um, to live another day. And then don't take advantage of that. Make that something that you strive for every single day. So no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the
0: absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question.